whether it's now during school or later on, you need to spend as much time and effort learning business <laughs> and studying mm -hmm. business that you do learning how to be a clinician. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey guys, welcome to the Cash PT Lunch Hour. This is not your normal host. My name is Emily Pickup. I'm currently a second year DPT student, and I'm here with Aaron LeBauer, who's normally your host. However, we're doing reverse roles today, and uh, he's going to be answering the questions that I throw at him. So welcome to your own show, Aaron. Hey, Emily, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, thanks for having me also. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the great emails and questions you had this week. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it's kind of last minute notice, but I'm super glad that we kind of get to chat it out and have everyone else hear some really valuable information that you have to share about my questions. <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. So do you want to kind of start by telling the audience, maybe the student audience, especially just a general, what is Cash PT? Um, I know there's a lot of information on your mm -hmm. website and all the materials that you have, but just sort of a summary. What is yeah. it? So what it is, is it's when I, as a physical therapist and business owner, contract directly with my patients. And okay. between myself and my patient, we decide how to proceed with therapy and payment and it's completely transparent and it has and we don't rely on insurance to create that payment system so it's not a, it's a dual relationship rather than a triangular relationship sure, and sure. and at the same time patients can go and file a claim with their insurance after their treatment has occurred okay so I have kind of been talking about this with my friends recently since I found out about this being a thing 2 mm -hmm. weeks ago and the follow up question that I've been getting is often Oh, so do you only treat patients that are super wealthy and is it just super inaccessible to go to PT then if you're only using it via cash and not insurance? Yeah, that's great. And I can see where that's a concern for people because they think, oh, cash is expensive. Patients must have to have a lot of money. Well, it's, that's not really the case. That's more of a mindset issue. If we look at it Deeply on the analytical side, the hospital's billing our patients more than we're charging in cash. I've seen hospital bills as much as $600 a unit, even, even more like over $1,000 a visit a couple different times. In our practice at LaBauer Physical Therapy in Greensboro, we, we have people that drive up in BMWs and Mercedes, but a lot of times the, if someone's going to object about the price, it's someone with a really nice car, and <laughs> which is kind of ironic. We have a lot of people who are teachers and North Carolina's 37th in teacher pay in the United States. We have third shift workers. We have recent college grads. We have people that can't work. We have factory workers. And we have everyday Americans. And yes, sometimes it, it, there is a certain level of you have to have some cash flow. But mm -hmm. if someone has an iPhone, uh, they can afford physical therapy with us. And we have payments mm -hmm. as low as $60 a payment. We have, we have programs that range. And so... Um, yeah, I th I, people think that, oh, well, it's got to be only wealthy people can afford to go outside. Well, 
my copay this year for physical therapy is $150 a visit. And so I better be getting my money's worth if I'm going to physical therapy for that much. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. So can you also kind of hash out like, what do you do with cash P or what are the options? Because there's so many things going on now where you can, I've heard in several of your other podcasts, other hosts that you've had or guests that you've had, um, going down the telehealth route, going Mm -hmm. down the group fitness route. How do you even start to parse out where, where should you even start if you're someone that's interested yeah. And going down cash PT. That's a great question because there are a lot of options and people don't realize that I could go start an online program and help more people than I could in a clinic and insurance mm-hmm. isn't involved and we could lump that under cash-based physical therapy because it's, right. but is it being, does it have to be billed as physical therapy with insurance to count as physical therapy? And that's not really the conversation, but the, I, the idea that I want to get out there is that there's a lot of different options and it doesn't have to look the exact same that everyone else seems to be doing or the people have come before us have done it. Sure. And so how do we get started? What we have to do is look at what are my interests? Who do I like treating and where do I want to spend my time? Mm -hmm. And then from there we can build a business model around that because if you're a student who has identified a problem and the problem might be that I don't want to work for the hospital and I see these people out there need something solved. I can go solve their problem. If you can solve a problem for people, uh, they will pay for it and that can become a business. Awesome. So kind of as you go along in your student process, if you're someone that identifies being interested in cash PT, say as a second year, like Mm -hmm. myself, coincidentally, how do you, what do you recommend as a starting point? Like who should you reach out to? What should you try and learn more about? I mean, obviously you're trying to balance the exams and the practicals and the clinicals Mm -hmm. and everything else, but you kind of want to get your foot in the door a little bit. How do you even, where do you start? Yeah, I would say the number one place to start is within and understand that as a DPT student, you're graduating to be a competent physical therapist, but you're not, they're not graduating you to be anywhere close to competent in business. You may have prior experience in business. We understand that you need to learn business principles and strategies and not just, not just social media marketing, but there's other things that go along with it. And so whether it's now during school or later on, you need to spend as much time and effort learning business <laughs> and studying mm-hmm. business that you do learning how to be a clinician. And Woof. does that make sense? Right. <laughs> That's a lot. And, yeah. <laughs> right. And people out there are spending $150,000, to become a competent clinician. And you don't need to spend half that much to start in a, a business and become a competent business owner. And uh, so some of the places, there's some business groups on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group. It's called the Cash PT Nation. It's a free group for anyone that's interested or, you know, owns or working in a cash-based physical therapy mm-hmm. business. There's a lot of other, you know, my podcast, other podcasts, resources, et cetera. You know, do your homework, <laughs> connect with someone. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other things to do is to definitely get a rotation in an outpatient setting and pay attention mm-hmm. to what you like and what you don't like about it. Because what you don't like about it is just as important as what you do like about it. Sure. Awesome. So if you decide maybe towards the end of your third year that you want to go into cash PT and you're pretty sure of 
what population you want to be working with. You've kind mm-hmm. of found your niche, but you're still pretty hesitant about going into it. I mean, you, as a new grad, we don't have the experience necessarily as people that have been practicing for years and mm-hmm. we don't have a clientele yet built up that knows us, knows our name. So kind of, I guess my thought is I would want someone not necessarily on top of me, but someone that I could go to as like a mentor. How mm-hmm. would I go about finding something like that? I mean like a business mentor, clinical mentor, both? Uh, sure. Clinical mentor that's appreciative or accepting of the mm-hmm. cash PT model. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great question. I think it's important to understand that we need probably multiple mentors, you know, multiple people on our team, someone who can help us with the business and someone who can help us with the clinical cases. And, sure. you know, I think a lot of people think that person has to be standing right next to me, mm-hmm. but all that per- with technology these days with zoom, you know, texting, phone, I mean, even the phone, all I got to do is text someone. And I was do. I did this as well. Uh, I started my clinic right after school and I had two of my CIs. I asked them, I said, Hey, if I have a question about a clinical case, is it okay if I contact you? And they both said yes, anytime. Mm -hmm. And pretty much anytime I would contact them and I'd say, Hey, Alan, how about this? I saw this person did this and this is what I told him. And he was like, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I would have done. And it happened with Alan. It happened with, uh, so Alan Ling at Physical Therapy Innovations and Bob Duvall at Sports Medicine Atlanta. Both, I mean, I contacted Alan probably more than, than Bob because I was uh, resident with Alan a little bit longer and more recently. But anytime I contacted them, they, they were both like, your thinking's right, keep doing it. <laughs> and it was like, okay, great. And I went to Con Ed and I went to learn, and I studied business and it was helpful. It is a little isolating. But you have to understand that, you know, having clinical mentors doesn't mean that they need to be right on top of you. <laughs> they, can, they can be sure. in, a, in a group, like on a Facebook mm-hmm. group, and they can be on a text message. You really got to find someone that you connect with and that you believe in, you know, and you, who, who's where you want to be, whether it's clinical, mm-hmm. clinically or business-wise. And, sure. and then they can help you. And, what, and most importantly, you need to be okay with paying them for it not just mm-hmm. getting it for free because sometimes Absolutely. free doesn't free doesn't give you what you want and paid right. means that they're they're there and there's no hard feelings if you contact them 20 times in a sure. week right? yeah <laughs> right okay so then kind of as you got your feet on the ground right after graduation where did you start i mean were you operating out of your home out of a gym mm-hmm. did you try and go and rent space somewhere how did that work yeah well so i my wife is a massage therapist, and so I subleased a space from her. Oh, convenient. <laughs> right? It was really convenient. And so what I recommend a lot of times for people to do is one of the easiest things to start is to sublease a space in a gym or from a massage therapist, depending, partly okay. depending on your style of treatment. If you mm-hmm. do more hands-on body work, I would say a massage therapy office is going to be more appropriate because there's going to be empty time where massage therapists are seeing 20, 25 people a week. There's going to be another 25 hours a week empty in a gym. If you're more exercise based, uh, performance based gyms are typically have a corner. They'll have an empty storage room or something like that, or they'll make space for you. And it's, it's sure. pretty simple. And then you, maybe you yep. can use some of their equipment too. So you don't have to go oh, yeah. and buy all of that right away. Yeah, Very absolutely. Nice. And, and, and I would nice. say one thing to keep in mind is if you do that and you sublease, make sure that anyone listening or that you, Emily, you, 
you negotiate a fee per hour that the room is used rather than a fee per patient or a percentage of what, what you collect. A lot of times people get stuck into, oh, well, I'll give you 40% or 10% or 20%. And Mm -hmm. when you give away a percentage of your, of of the treatment, you're giving away a percentage of your business to the, to the owner of the property or the, or the renter. Okay. Sounds good. So I saw on a couple of your other episodes, your podcast episodes, Cash PT Lunch Hour, you talked about uh, having a resident. His name was mm-hmm. Derek. Mm-hmm. How did that work? I mean, like that seems such like such a hybrid thing. It's not going to be your typical um, APTA appraised residency, I don't think, is it? Right. No, it wasn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so that. I did that. Um, I've done that twice with uh, Derek Nielsen and Tyler Shelton. Okay. And the APTA doesn't require residencies to be approved or whatever right, the right. whatever the okay. term is. Gotcha. I looked into it and people asked. And I was like, oh, you know, there's nothing about it. It says I have to do X, Y, and Z. And they said, oh, well, Aaron. And I said, well, <laughs> I'm not teaching them what you guys want me to teach them. I'm teaching them business and clinical stuff. Sure. And the way that came about was I was looking for a physical therapist to hire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hadn't found one and Derek contacted me and he said, Hey, you know, I graduate in May. It was, I think this was in December or January. He's like, I have five weeks between when I graduate and when I take the board exam. Can I just come and learn from you and follow you around and observe? Sure. I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, there's nothing <laughs> for you to do. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't just say no. I said, Hey, if you're not licensed in North Carolina, I said, go look up on the practice act and tell me what you'd be able to do. Right. It's really right. nothing. Like sure, he, can, right. he can, he can prep the hot packs and I don't even think he can put the hot packs on the people. Right. So he said, no, I said, well, here's what, and we just started talking you know, back and forth over the course of about two months. And he said, well, how about like a residency after I graduate? I said, if you can get licensed and give me at least six months, we can do a reduced fee where I pay him a reduced amount as an employee mm-hmm. Uh, right. And I'll teach him the clinical skills he wants and the business skills he wants. And we did that for a year. Okay. And then Derek, when he opened his clinic, he opened in mm-hmm. a brand new town. He didn't know anyone there. So this goes back to your question before, what if I don't know anyone? I don't have any patients. Right, and right, yeah. He basically, he did almost everything I said, not not to a T. He was like, oh, I want to try some things myself. <laughs> and he sure. still generated $10,000 in the first six weeks. And he did $15,000 gross revenue by his eighth month. Wow. And which by his eighth month, that took what the numbers of patients he was seeing and the revenue generated, it took me two and a half years to do by myself. Wow. Yeah. And, and now he's like almost two without years. All of your expertise. <laughs> right. Awesome. And I, awesome. and it was, it was really awesome. It was awesome to see. And it was great to get to know him as, as well as Tyler. Tyler only mm-hmm. finished his a little under a year ago, uh, about eight months ago. So, um, and mm-hmm. he's doing really well nearby. So I think it's, I mean, it's, it was a great program. If people are interested, sure. I think it's great, but I think it's, you know, it's something that um, we may do again, but mm-hmm. at the same time, what did I do for them? Right. I met with them. I gave them patients to see, and I met with them once or twice a week. And in the beginning I had them go to, go to con ed that I recommended. And mm-hmm. we talked about clinical cases, you know, and it's okay. a lot of what I could do, you know, over the phone or on a zoom call with people. Okay. Okay. Have you ever heard of anyone else setting something like that up, a a residency type thing? Not necessarily to, I mean, there's a lot of residencies for treating patients, manual therapy, et cetera. But, and then there's, I think there's one for business, but I don't know of another one that combined business and clinical. 
skills. And, you know, I think more people should probably do it. Everyone's just scared. You know, the the drawback to me was, was that I knew those guys were leaving after a year. And after 11 months, I was like, I want you to stay. But I had promised them, you know, to to teach them how to leave. And so the third person I got was Dr. Herzog. And the agreement we came up to was that she would, I would, I would do the clinical mentorship and she would stay. And so now she's been here a year yesterday and I'm looking forward to more years of having her, um, treat our patients and all that. So. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of cash PT lunch hour podcasts have involved practitioners that started their own business after first gaining experience, right? right. Like Cash PT didn't even really become a thing until a couple of years ago. And they had this clientele built up kind of like what we mentioned before. If you are a new grad and you're not necessarily interested in starting your own business right off the get go, do you, is it recommended then to maybe go out and get that experience working under a broader organization? Or you think you should just kind of stick with your guns and find a cash PT practitioner to work under or find some way to start doing your own thing? Yeah. You mean like someone that knows they don't want to start a business right away or they're just not quite uh, confident enough about their clinical skills? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I throw <Sorry>. Okay. <laughs> so if you were like me, when I went to school, PT school in my thirties and I knew I was going to live in Greensboro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, then I would say, if you know you're going to live where you're going to live, that's a little bit different conversation, but I'm going to go back to what would I have done and what do I recommend for people that went to undergrad and then they went to PT school and they're like, man, I think I want to start a business. Well, the first sure, thing okay. I would say is, do you know where you want to live? Mm-hmm. Because if you know you want to live where you are or somewhere else and you know, man, Greensboro, North Carolina is it. That's where I want to be for the next decade. Go start a mm-hmm. business and get the people okay. around you. But if you're a little bit unsure, the first thing I would say is go travel somewhere that's fun and exciting because there's no, especially if you're single, you're not married, you don't have Mm -hmm. kids. Like there's no better time to do that than now. And if you're like, man, my clinical skills just aren't where they are. Go find somewhere fun to live and go get a job there. Hopefully working with a mentor or clinical um, expert of some sort. So you Mm -hmm. can get some of that rub off and just experience and reps, but it's Mm -hmm. not necessary because you're not going to kill anyone. Yeah, out of PT school. So if you're <laughs> like, man, my clinical, our profession. <laughs> right. my clinical skills aren't, aren't up to it. And I really want to start a business and I know I want to live in Greensboro. Well, then what I would say is go to con ed courses, find a clinical mentor and just get your hands on all your, all your classmates. And, um, you can have a successful business. It's more important to have in having a successful business, it's more important to be good, better at business and okay at physical therapy. Interesting. Okay. Right. Cause you just got to give yeah. people a result and a result can come by giving them hope and listening to them. True. True. Right. I don't have to, I don't have to have an OCS to get a great result and to demand high prices. That's just going to take you two years of studying. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you, uh, if you decide you want to go into cash right out of right out of school, mm-hmm. you kind of are also facing that financial freak out, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this, the cost of schooling for a DPT program has gone up so much in the last couple of years already. And you're going to be graduating with this potentially mountainous monthly repayment that you have to mm-hmm. make for your tuition. And 
what do you have to say to sort of calm the nerves of how much revenue you can potentially generate right. in X amount of time? Yeah. I don't know if you can even. No, write. it's great. So it's a great question. My people are like, oh my God, I got paid on my loans. Well, number right. one, <laughs> no successful business in the United States has gotten there without debt. Mm-hmm. There's two kinds of debt. There's good debt and bad debt. Bad debt is going out and getting a job that pays 90000 and buying a BMW or leasing a BMW. That's bad debt. Sure. Okay. You can go spend the same amount of money and invest it in some property or learning business skills or a business coach, et cetera, and starting your own business. That's good debt because, um, so there's two kinds of debt and mm-hmm. your student loans, yet they may be, seem really big in perspective, they're actually not that big and they're pretty small and it's the best debt you could ever have, even if we're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars. Because in 10 years, as a physical therapy employee, we're looking at, okay, you can get out right now and maybe you can make $80,000 or 120 if you're doing home health in the right state, right? A lot of PTs are getting out and going, getting an ortho job for 55 to $65,000. And they're like, man, I just have $200,000 in debt. How is this ever going to happen? You yeah. Can, as an employee, you, <laughs> right? You can pay it off and you can live like a pauper. You can eat ramen noodles and tuna fish and tofu, you know, and pay off your loans in three or four years and be done with it. Or if you know you want to start a business, you can say, okay, you know, whatever loans, I'm going to, you know, Uncle Sam is the best loan uh, servicer in the world because you can say, hey, look, I can't pay this month. And they'll say, okay, no worries. You say, hey, I want to, graduated uh, repayment plan, they'll say, okay, great. Mm-hmm. You say, I want an income-based repayment plan, they'll say, okay, great. You say, I can't pay this month, they'll say, great, thanks for letting us know. If you have a private loan and you can't pay that month, well, you know, they're gonna you know, charge you a fee. Mm-hmm. They're not as nice. And so what you do is you get out and you say, okay, how can I pay the least amount to my loans? Now, how can I invest the most? Because 10 years as an employee, I might start at 70 and maybe I can make 90, but there's a cap because insurance reimbursement caps salaries. But if I get out and I work in 10 years as a physical therapy business owner, I can be generating hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year. And then that makes paying those loans (laughs) back, right? It makes paying those loans back so much easier. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Well, just don't don't necessarily be frustrated by the amount of student debt and maybe just be a little more cautious of your like personal debt, that sort of thing. Right. Don't right. flip those two around. And, okay. and figure out how to generate more. Figure okay. out how to generate more. Right? Yeah. yeah. We gotta generate you, more you more of, money, more pro, more solutions and um, more impact. And the ways to kind of creatively go about doing that might be, I heard in a different podcast through um, starting a blog Mm -hmm. or um, yeah. What are some of those other great ideas you had? (laughs) Yeah. I think right now, one of the, I mean, one of the best places right now is Instagram. Facebook's Mm -hmm. a little dying. Instagram is really great. TikTok is the next thing. So especially if you're a younger generation and you're a physical therapist, and you're in your PT school and you're not on TikTok, you better go get on TikTok. Because right now, okay. TikTok can get tons of views. Like someone touching a wall or not touching a wall is going to get 600,000 views. I mean, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I get something in 15 seconds that's explaining to people how like it's okay to feel pain and you know what? You know, your back injury is not as bad as you think it is. Like, could that reach 600,000 people? 
maybe, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. or, or could something stupid reach a lot of people? Now people are, you've got 20,000 followers and they're going to listen to your 15 second messages about their body and health. Awesome. Yeah. So when you do something like that, are you, obviously you found your niche. If you're, if you're doing marketing for your own mm-hmm. stuff, are you targeting more on the idea of like saved money through the total cost of treatment overall? Or is this kind of more of, Hey, we can fix your, fix your problem sooner with better care. What kind of direction do you take with that? Yeah, I think we, if we're like, I was explaining about like loans, student loans to you guys mm-hmm. listening that's a very analytical conversation and comparison. Patients sure. who have pain, who want to make a decision, people don't buy on analytics. They buy on emotion. Sure. So what I have to do is I have to speak to their emotions, their fear, mm-hmm. and I have to speak to their hope and their wants, their desires, and what they're missing out on. And if I speak to those okay. things, it doesn't matter if I do it one-on-one or one-on-many, as long mm-hmm. as I can get them a result. How I deliver it and the amount of time I spend with them doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Can you talk more about the idea of uh, if you are starting your clinic or whatever practice you are running, the idea of that one-on-many, how you can kind of capitalize on Mm -hmm. doing that essentially? Yeah, I think one-on-one is important, right? Mm -hmm. A patient who's never been to physical therapy is not going to know the difference between one-on-one like or they're they're not going to know the difference between what I can provide one-on-one to them if they need hands-on therapy versus one on four different patients in four different parts of the clinic. Like a patient who's never experienced that will not know the difference. And so one-on-one is important, but can I put 30 people in a room who paid $30 and take them through a, like a yoga flow that's geared towards their back pain and know a little bit about what body part each person in there is struggling with and gear that Mm -hmm. class to them and make 500 something dollars for that hour and a half. Yes, I can. And I've done that. Mm -hmm. It's, awesome and it's powerful. So, right. We have to remember that one-on-one is important. One-on-many is where we need to take the profession and our services to impact more people. But Mm -hmm. patients don't care because all they want is a result. They don't really care how we give it to them. Right. And have you seen uh, in your experience with doing one-on-many, maybe a better what's the word? I'm not supposed to use the word compliance, Mm -hmm. but maybe adherence with the the exercises or things that they're supposed to be doing when they get to come in and do it with other people or do it in that more social aspect instead of just, here's your, here's your sheet of exercises, go home and come back and we'll see how you're doing next week. Right. Yeah. And I think like, and that's a great question. And so when we're doing our ongoing treatment plans here in our clinic, we're doing one-on-one, but if I'm trying to get out into the community and educate people, do I think that one-on-many is great? Yes. And can I do that with people? If I can have 30 people come in once a week for eight weeks, great. But there's, because of timing, because of the Mm -hmm. dynamics of that kind of group, there will be a lack of compliance, but people do it all the time Mm -hmm. where they do an eight week challenge, right? But you start with 30 people and you you just got to expect to end up with 12. There will be a drop off. Mm -hmm. But the way you keep that from dropping off is you give people homework, you give them accountability, and you kind of, you have to pre-frame like what's happening at the end if they don't finish. With a lot of the things that we're trying to do as physical therapists in health, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than just, you do these exercises, you get better, people have to want it, there's psychosocial problems, there's other issues where people won't show up or they'll quit or they'll feel embarrassed that, oh, I didn't do this, so I'm not going to show up next week. 
and right. they drop out because mm -hmm. the cost is kind of, the, even the cost will help keep them accountable. And if it's sure. only 30 bucks a week, there's less accountability than if it's 200 bucks for the visit. Sure. Okay. Just because they put money down. Does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did I answer your question? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of wondering if that was a, a bonus of like yeah. maybe doing offering that one on many as a source of maybe this might be more interesting to someone as a yeah. patient rather than just coming in. And, you know, I agree one on one is super valuable and it's necessary in a lot of different reasons mm -hmm. and patient scenarios. But exploring more into that is what's interested me because I have a history of group fitness, too. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I feel like we could touch more bases, more points of contact right. if we were to go into something like that and then maybe leading into, oh, we could partner with different practitioners if we realize that, hey, maybe chiropractors and acupuncturists and whatever. I mean, we're mm -hmm. all kind of trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and if oh, I think it's great. Out, I think like yeah. the ideal clinic's going to have like one-on-one, -on -one, but they're going to have group classes or small group classes. Yeah. And we use some of these, like I could do a free group class somewhere but if there's a gym or studio that typically charges 30 bucks for, for a hour and a half workshop on the weekend, and we mm -hmm. go in and do that, I treat it the same and get the same numbers of new patients coming in afterwards, the same numbers yeah, of emails, yeah. and sometimes more because people see value in what they pay for. Absolutely. Yep. And if I know that I'm going to be treated by a doctor of physical therapy, absolutely. I'm going to pay for that class. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, I wanted you to touch on, uh, I found you and I found some clinics by my, the area in which I live in the Twin Cities by using your, the resource that you have on your website called mm -hmm. the network. Cash PT remember. directory. Cash PT directory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can you talk, touch on that some? Yes. Uh, so this summer, at the end of the summer, we launched the cash PT directory. Mm -hmm. You go to cashptdirectory.com uh, for anyone listening. and as a resource for people because in our groups um, over the last years and on Facebook and emails, Hey Aaron, does anyone know a good physical therapist, a cash practice owner in you know, Minneapolis or Los Angeles mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or New York yeah. or Greensboro or whatever? And I said, okay, <laughs> great. I can see it. And I could say, I could have said, Hey, here's just a, a word, like a Excel spreadsheet, a Google drive, Excel spreadsheet. Everyone put your stuff in there. And I was like, no, right. gotta have something real nicer. <laughs> I want something searchable. And so that's mm -hmm. where we created the cash PT directory and it's a free listing for anyone. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just cash practice owners. Like if you have an out of network clinic or you've got a hybrid clinic with some Medicare, some cash, you know, mm -hmm. please feel free to join. It's, it's not for like corporate PT and physician owned physical therapy clinics and, you know, hospitals and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's there and hopefully it's providing as it grows, it provides a service and the more people are on there, the better it's going to get. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, when I first learned about cash PT, that was via clicking on the links that come up mm -hmm. from all the stuff that you have out there. But then I was like, well, this sounds like a really cool idea, but how, where, how do I, <laughs> you know, you start to lose touch of how to even get connected or get started, right. get touched with someone that knows it. So that's a super helpful resource for anybody that is uh, wondering and kind of in the same place that I was weeks ago. Yeah. Any other resources that you want to promote today, Aaron, for... <laughs> people that are interested in getting started. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, number one, if you're interested in getting started and you're listening to the podcast, it's great that you're in the right place, but I have a free guide. It's called the cash PT checklist and it goes through all the essential steps you need to take to get started in your practice. 
whether it's cash-based or not, that a majority of it is just how to start a clinic. And that's at cashptchecklist.com. Mm-hmm. And I could spell you could spell it out, but just go to cashptchecklist.com and it's free. It's a free download. Then I've got, and, and that'll send you an email and thank you and some information about free webinars. So you want to get on one of my free webinars about getting started as well. Mm-hmm. So that would be, if you're looking to get started, if you're a DPT student, you're like, is this for me or not? Mm-hmm. Get that, get into the Cash PT Nation, check it out. And um, it's not for everybody, but it's, it's growing and it's, for, it's easier than, than people used to think it was. And mm-hmm. it's no longer a question of is a cash practice like going to work. It's whether you want to start one yourself. Absolutely. And the book is also available on Amazon. Yes. So that's the, oh yeah, that's my Cash PT Blueprint book. Yes. So that's a different website. That's, so the checklist is a downloadable oh, checklist. <laughs> the book is yeah, cashptblueprintbook.com and it actually has the checklist in it um, and it's got a lot more stuff. So this one is, uh, it's free, but all you got to do is pay for shipping and we'll send it right out. So those are the things, at, you know, transitioning to a cash practice is chapter four and then my practice blueprint, basically how to start a, how to start a physical therapy business is all up in there. That's Gives you the whole book. whole layout, whole yeah. picture of the journey that you're about to get started on or how to start that journey if you're That's curious. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Would highly recommend. I did get my copy of that in the mail last week. So oh, awesome. Looking good. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for making all this information accessible and affordable. That's super yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Anything else, Emily? I don't have any more questions for you. Do you have any questions for me? Mm. I guess, did you ever think you were going to start a business when you got into physical therapy? I did not, not entirely. I mean, I never, it's not like I was closed off to the idea. I just kind of went in very open-minded, didn't know what Mm -hmm. I was going to do with it, had no idea where I wanted to take it in terms of once I finally got out, graduated into clinics. And my experience of having been in clinics so far has been very positive, definitely. Mm -hmm. It just kind of you definitely see a little bit of limitations once you start getting more into it. I mean, especially I think grads that are in school right now, current DPT students, the thing that's being pushed, right, is evidence-based practice, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. And I'm so glad that we have this huge body of now, you know, proven ways to get results is great as a resource and a tool to know that we're doing what we should be doing and most effectively. But then as you kind of go out in the clinics and you might be limited by time or the number of patients that you have to see for productivity reasons, um, just totally kind of really limits what you are able to do in a single treatment session. And so um, I sort of found, happened upon Cash PT by, well, this is a drawn out answer to your question. Yeah, is that okay? okay? Yeah, I was just going to ask you what shifted two weeks ago that made you start looking into it. Two weeks ago when I first found out about Cash PT, I was actually my neighbor. She's a, a trail runner, ultra marathoner. She kind of came over and was like, hey, you're like in PT school, right? And I was like, sure am. And she was like, do you think you could help me figure out kind of how I could communicate where my baseline running is for this coach that I'm working Mm -hmm. with? And I said, oh, sure. I mean, what exactly are you kind of looking for? And she was like, well, I am, I'm getting where I want to be sort of on my training routine, but I kind of just want to be able to go to the next level. And I'm working with this guy via the internet. And so he's never actually seen me run. And so I kind of thought, hmm, well, maybe we could just do a VO2 max estimate. Mm -hmm. And that would be a great 
place to see just where you're at and give him a data point to work with. So um, we did that and I was like, hey, so tell me more about who you're working with. Who are you doing this training program through? And she was like, oh, well, I'm, I think it was called Trail, I wrote it down, Trail Transformation for trail runners. It operates out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I just pay for him to write programs for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, you pay a physical therapist to write training programs for you? That's awesome. And I, that's totally cool. And I never really thought about the concept of doing that. Mm-hmm. So I asked her for the clinic information. I kind of looked them up um, and I realized it was a cash basis. And so then I just yeah. sort of Googled cash physical therapy, which happened to be a hot button topic on the internet. And so it led me to your stuff. And then in two weeks, I've learned a massive amount of what this could potentially be. And there's a lot of different possibilities, which I think is the most interesting part of all of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So at this point, do you think owning a cash-based practice is in your future? I think it's potentially in my future, but it is really exciting to think that I could pull in different I mean, even different practices, right? Like kind of Mm -hmm. what I talked about earlier, I think it would be really cool if there could be a clinic where you could use chiropractic and or acupuncture, just different professions to kind of be a much more holistic approach to fixing whatever problem it is that you have. And from the idea of community-based wellness, because that's something that I would really like to get into as well, touch more, touch more people and and not physically touch more people, maybe physically touch more people, but yeah. impact the greater community, especially in terms of wellness and health prevention. Wow. That's really awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So were you a personal trainer before or? I was just a group exercise instructor. Mm-hmm. I actually was working in geriatrics. Loved that. I have a history of being a swim coach, being an athlete, a swimmer. So yeah. And then exercise in general being kind of a touchy subject for general populations. And then I mm-hmm. go into this profession of, oh, we preach exercise. Like <laughs> that's, right. you know, how do we make that more accessible or more appealing to people and have greater impact is mm-hmm. what I would, yeah, I would enjoy doing that. Awesome. More. <laughs> that's really cool. That's yeah. very cool. Well, any other questions for me? Uh, we hit yeah. all your questions. We hit all my questions. So I really right. appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if anyone else had any other DPT students have any questions for me, guys, go follow me on Instagram or come into the Cash BT Nation Facebook page. You can push your questions in there. It's um, really worth your while. He yeah. answers all your questions. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So awesome. Were well, you going to end the show for us? You guys, thanks so much for joining us and for listening to me. Uh, this is my very first time being on a podcast. So thanks for sticking with us. My name is Emily Pickup. Again, I'm a second year DPT student in the Minneapolis metro area. And this has been an excellent episode on your cash PT lunch hour with your host and guest, Aaron LeBauer. So thanks guys. Catch you later. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K 
www.thepowerofpowerbook.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.